Fair is an architecture and multidisciplinary design studio based in Paris, led by Federico Diodato and Nikhil Callas, who built the practice based on the premise of using architecture and process to restore relationships in such isolated society. Realizing that architecture is always the case where many hands and many disciplines coming together, we thought that it would be amazing to chat with both Federico and Nikhil today about harmonizing functionality and responsibility. So, so great to have you both. Thank you. Thanks Thank for having us. Oh, it's my pleasure. So will you first tell us about your background and about the studio? Yeah, for sure. Um, as you said, FAIR is a multidisciplinary uh, Paris-based studio. So we're both in Paris and we're trying to question the industry uh, with our approach to architecture. Um, so I founded the firm in 2016 uh, with two other friends that since have gone to pursue um, other paths. Um, and the name FAIR means to make in French. And it's, that's because our initial goal was to combine uh, architecture with uh, related fields, uh, woodwork, for example. And our main idea is that there are really no borders between disciplines and also between projects, project scales. Sorry, difficult to say. And um, myself, I'm an architect. My name is Nikhil. I'm an architect and I'm a teacher. Uh, I'm a carpenter. And also I'm a board member of a union that is named the Syndicat de l'Architecture here in Paris. Yeah, when I joined the firm in 2020, yeah. I think, yeah, we found ourselves at the cross path to angle better what our firm was about. So my background is more related to the relationship between architecture and urban planning uh, and larger scale architecture. Uh, I worked for a few years at the office of Alexandre Chometov. Alexandre Chometov is an architect, an urban planner, and a landscape architect, and also the research. It's something quite important for me. I'm currently a PhD candidate in co-tutorship uh, between Paris University and the University of Bologna in Italy. So we started to envision a practice that could hold it all together. Yeah, that's our bet. That's amazing how both of your backgrounds kind of complement each other. And that's also the philosophy of the studio, right? Yeah. Yeah, completely. Yeah. <laughs> so what is designing responsibly to you? Um, yeah, that's um, that's a tough question. I think um, I think very basically uh, for us, it implies to to listen, to look, and like just to be open to other things, to the outside world. Um, and we we believe it's like a dialogue. We believe uh, making a project responsibly is to enter a dialogue and really be part of a process. So it's not about us making something by ourselves, but it's really about the dialogue, the conversation. Uh, between us, between the clients, and also between the rest of uh, what's at stake there. Uh, so it's about taking into account uh, all the users, for example, and not only um, the users that um, we're, for example, our clients, but uh, in a wide, wider sense, it's about human, non-human, uh, fauna, flora, um, and also permanent and punctual users. Um, and of course, another thing about responsibility that is very very important is about choosing carefully the materials that we use uh, and how we use them to be smart about it to be uh, economical about it also that's a very important thing to us yeah i actually think that for us it's all about giving the ability to the projects that we make to transform in the future so to accommodate potential uses that are not here right now but might emerge someday 
So the idea of upgradable, transformable, and reversible, deeply questionable, uh, that alone cannot work tough. So we need a framework and a common understanding of what the stake, who in a wide sense are we working for. Yeah, for and work. with also. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so what are the values and principles that influence the way uh, you work? Well, I think this question connects to the previous one. So as to as possible, it encompasses all the aspects of our practice in a certain way. So we engage in architecture, carpentry, research, teaching, and also political advocacy with Nikhil. Mm -hmm. So we also try to balance functionality and responsibility in, some, in a certain way, choosing clients and projects that align with our values. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And about the, the values and this responsibility that we have just even as human beings is um uh it's there i mean i think the values that we are are there every step of the way uh, and also in every aspect of our different missions and i think that's what we also love about uh, having different jobs because one day uh, you are a teacher the next day you're a researcher the next day you're an architect at a firm then you're a carpenter then you do political advocacy and so what's really interesting about having all these different roles um, is that we get also to learn, to share from all these different circles that we are in. And we get to meet so many more people, uh, share ideas, also transform our own ideas and, um, and confront these views, uh, share them. Um, and so to us, it's, a, it's also a, what's, what makes us happy uh, also is this learning process that we are in permanently and to readapt to things and I think it's a very uh, rich way to us to to think about architecture what it what it can mean um and it's so much wider that, for example for me uh, that what I was envisioning during my studies because I imagine that the only thing that we could do after architecture school was having a firm an architecture studio and that was about it and then talking with Federico we discovered that we can have many many roles um and that's quite hopeful to us, I think, uh, mm. this idea. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm sure that there are many disciplines that will play along in the making of uh, a design or architecture, right? So I'm wondering, what are the keys to usually highlight that when designing for a for a balanced functionality or a responsibility, especially when you design mm -hmm. to a client or... How do you kind of manage the different goals of the different stakeholders? Yeah, I mean, I think um, functionality and responsibility go really well together, actually. Um, and of course, I think, you, as you said, taking into account all the different goals from the different stakeholders is, uh, is a difficult task, uh, of course. And I think it always implies to prioritize. At some point, you need to prioritize certain things. And, uh, and I think... Um, to us, and it's very different than what we did when we were at school. It's not about making the perfect project or having the best answer, but it's about also learning by doing, um, uh, improving for every project, uh, discovering new directions. So, so to us, this learning process is is one of the answers, and also to be able to prioritize at some point. And the perfection is not um, attainable to us. I think. Yeah, I think that we, we must remember that making a project first and foremost also means being part, becoming part of the context. Mm. So a place with its own history that are already there 
and also specificities and temporalities. And we have to try to work with that. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think what you said, yeah, it's it's really about the dialogue. So also we have to take into account that we're not, the final project uh, depends partly on us and partly on so many other aspects mm -hmm. and the history of the place. And so I think the, the richness is, yeah, taking this into account and making a conversation about it. So also understanding that as architects, as designers, we are not masters of it all. And I think that's what we like about it also. Mm, yeah, that's cool. In what ways have you established connections between architecture, uh, materials, and also maybe local techniques mm -hmm. or the context around mm -hmm. it? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's um, there's a very strong potential um, uh, in the relationship between architecture, materials, and techniques, um, because um, because of course architecture uh, is is also about building things or renovating. So it's really in the in the real world, in the material world, um, and we also uh, believe that this potential um, can be found through trying out. Um, and it's it's often complicated uh, in the professional world where you, when you have contracts, when you have timeframes, where you have money, it's complicated sometimes to to try out things, to try new things. Um, and I think that it's about uh, architecture is, has one specificity, has many specificities, but one of its specificities uh, is that every time we build something, it's a prototype. Um, unlike uh, the rest of the production world, for example, for phones, for furniture or everything, mm -hmm. you have many prototypes and then you produce them to perfection in, in a sense. And architecture is very different about it. So I think the fact is that when you build something, it's the first time you build it and also it's the last time you build it. So it's really a prototype. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that it's something that you learn also because you are a, com a carpenter. Yeah. So I think that's something that's quite important uh, to integrate the learning of the make or the learning of the fair. So, mm. uh, of course, the importance of materials and their construction technique is crucial. Uh, it's important to know the how the construction process works and also, also to manage it uh, consciously. Mm -hmm. consciously in some sort of way so this knowledge makes it possible to use local supply chains and to reduce waste in the use of materials and so it's therefore clo closely linked to the sustainability uh, in a in a certain way of the project yeah for sure and um i was uh, rereading um a book by richard sennett um the other day and he he was uh talking about how um how a specificity of craft, uh, of craft making, is that this process of um, of learning uh, by doing. So when you're learn, you're learning as you are doing things, and it's not about designing in your head first and then projecting projecting what you have imagined onto a material, for example, wood, but it's about imagining something, and then the final product would be the meeting between this idea that you had and the reality of the wood, of the material, of the knots it might have, uh, the humidity level. And it's never about projecting something, mm. a final project onto a form, but it's about this, this meeting of the reality of, and the thought. And, and you learn every step of the way, especially as a craftsman. It's very obvious that you need many, many hours to incorporate like in the really in the in the true meaning of the sense it, in french it means to to put something into your body uh, incorporate 
Uh, and it's uh, it's very true, especially about mm. craft. And I think that's what we like about different learning techniques. We we enjoy them as well. Yeah, you spoke about uh, Richard Sennett. There is mm. all a universe of references that uh, we yeah. like and mm -hmm. we share. I think uh, Sennett, of course, but also John Dewey or uh, Tim Ingold yeah. that speak about this learning by doing. It's something yeah. really important for our practice, I think. Mm, yeah, it's always great to have a learning mindset. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, definitely. There are two projects that uh, we would like to know more about. Uh, so, is the Chantaloup project and the Sigur. So, we're wondering if you can share more about those projects and how do the two of them generate impacts in the surroundings? Yeah, sure. So, well, the first project, the Chantelou project, uh, consists of an ecological renovation of a barn uh, set in Chantelou. So it's in the, the nouvelle Aquitaine, uh, a region in, in France. Uh, so the owners, um, uh, the family of the owners was uh, growing year after year. So they wanted to create a, a retreat within the compound just for the two of them. Uh, so the raw barn seemed to us uh, full of potential. Actually, so we decided all together that the project was right there, and it was very important for us to be able, in a certain way, to unveil the potential of the of the building, the existing building. So the project's aim was to carry out minimal interventions on the building exterior and structure, while providing new uses, perspectives, and volumes. So we wanted to provide a bright and pleasant atmosphere. Uh, while preserving also the spirit and the lavish volume of the of the barn of the existing building. Yeah, and um, you were talking about the Segur project. Um, it's uh, quite different because it's a small apartment, so it's a fifty square meters apartment that's located in, in Paris in the left bank in the seventh arrondissement. Um, so it's quite different from a barn uh, in the middle of the countryside. Um, but there was uh, an original floor plan. Uh, it was a one-bedroom apartment. And the original floor plan was uh, quite weird because we couldn't have a kitchen, like a proper kitchen. They couldn't have a proper dining table, proper living room or bedroom. So it was really um, badly done. And we wanted to give um, a feeling of, um, of connection and of space to this small apartment um, between all the rooms and between all the volumes. And uh, we decided to remove uh, most walls at first. That was the first thing. And then we installed like a small glass enclosure from the um, uh, in between the bedroom and the living room. And then we, we decided to do all the rest in carpentry. So we created a circulation along the facade that is quite uh, classical about uh, uh, Osmanian buildings, this, uh, this connection, because you can open up all the doors and then you can see all the windows. So it's quite rich and it quite changes the space. Um, and since we're both um, architects and also a carpenter, uh, we decided to, to design three wooden volumes that would uh, create all the other spaces. So the first volume is the entrance and kitchen uh, volume. Um, and so it's, uh, <clears throat> sorry, it's, um, it's a wooden volume uh, and it connects to the dining area, uh, the living area and the entrance area. Uh, so it's about thick partition walls that hold up uh, lots of um, uh, storage and also many functions for the kitchen, for the entrance, for everything. Uh, another wooden volume is in the living room. So it's a large bookcase that 
as well includes lots of storage and also uh, visible storage for all the books, so the bookcases. Um, and then the last one is something um, in the bedroom that wraps around the existing bed that they had. Um, and it was right about COVID time. So they told us that they absolutely needed an office at home that was not in the previous uh, uh, in the previous brief. Um, and so we designed this space that wrapped around the bed that had a small office, also lots of storage, and also that could include uh, bed night uh, night tables, bedtime, I don't remember the name. <laughs> but the idea of the project was to uh, also to be flexible in the future, because all of the wooden volumes can also be removed by the, the next owners. And that was something that was really interesting to us to make almost everything in carpentry. Um, yeah, we work with the carpenter for and, this project. Yeah, we were we weren't involved in the in the building process actually. Yeah, we discussed with him, but he was but a great carpenter also. And, yeah. and he made the name oh. and the name of uh, Nicolas Austin is really yeah. really He's a really good carpenter. But it was really important to know how to uh, to design actually the carpentry. Yeah, uh, to be able, to... it was great conversations between the both of us, especially on this project. Yeah. Um, so it was really, really to conceive the details together. This was something yeah. quite important for us. Super cool. So, lastly, through your extensive experiences, what have you experienced to be the most challenging aspects in designing responsibly and sustainably? Yeah, sustainability is a wide challenge, and of course, it concerns the building world, architecture greatly. Uh, so design responsibly can mean different things. Uh, selecting the project we work on and if needed, shifting the brief to something more sustainable. I think it's the first point I think it's quite important. And also the second point for us, it's crucial, is transforming the existing, the déjà là, so the already there uh, in English, is, is today actually the primary task for architects. Uh, and so in this perspective, architecture as the art of building to last. So building to last means using materials that will stand the test of time, but it also means designing buildings that can be readapted over time. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah no, for sure. And designing, it's a very, very important thing. And uh, and also as a union activist, uh, I'm, I'm part of, I'm a board member of the Syndicat de l'Architecture, which is one of the two uh, unions for employers in architecture in France. Um, and to us, it's a very important thing to be involved into this, into social dialogue as well. Um, and this is to us a very palpable contribution, everyday contribution to architecture and to the way that architecture is produced in France for firms, for employers, employees. Um, and basically to us, it means to represent and to defend our profession as a, as a whole, um, along with uh, the architectural branch, uh, but also the Ministry of Culture, that is, um, that is our, our ministry. And for example, we're working right now on the content of the diplomas uh, in architecture that need to be reviewed in France every five years. So we are currently working on that and how to make them evolve uh, to face the, the future challenges that uh, architects will have uh, and urban planner and landscape architects will have to deal with. Um, and we also have recently, we have negotiated branch agreements about uh, remote working, uh, especially during COVID. That was right about the time that we tried to negotiate that. 
uh, and also uh, working on um, on a gender equality act in the architecture firm. So we're working on that right now, and we have signed something a couple of years ago. So, so I think to us, it's very important. Mm. Also, this very very palpable, very down to earth, and everyday life about how how we produce architecture and how we are a profession as a as a whole. Yeah, I really like the expression that architecture is an art. Mm -hmm. The yeah. art building to last, meaning like uh, you should build something that's flexible enough to be adapted over time. And that way it makes it more rich too, to incorporate the culture or the craft of that time and keep building onto it. So you yeah. can, in a single building, there can be layers and layers of times um, and reflections of society. Um, yeah, completely. And it's very, it's uh, also a very beautiful idea of these, these layers that you're talking about. I think it's also very, yeah, very beautiful to be able to reuse things and to add something to it or to remove something to it if it's not about your use. But I think it's a, it's a yeah, very hopeful idea. Also. Yeah, yeah, agree. So it's been a pleasure chatting with you and um, thank you and hope to see you soon. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having much. us. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye.